I think the future is white people knowing how to do Afro-textured hair. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. I don't think the future is learning. I think what we're doing right now is learning Mm -hmm. about how to bring the white community and the black community together in the salon industry because we are extremely segregated. The church and the salon, the most segregated places (laughs) for black people and white people still to this day. And I think that right now we're learning but the future is just it's common knowledge how to deal with every texture type of hair afro textured hair and the white community hopefully taking on the role of student in that arena hi everyone i'm sid sharice and i'm david bosher and you're listening to destroy the hairdresser the podcast where we teach you to salon differently Sid, have you heard of this company called Hair Story? You mean the styling line that features essentials for everybody? Yeah, it's the same styling line that allows you to sell retail online and still make a large commission. I'm pretty sure it enhances natural texture and health and makes curls very happy. It also works for my really stick straight hair. Let's tell our listeners how they can get a free product from Hair Story. Go to hairstory.com slash DTH. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. Today, we are talking about the future of the hair industry. So we had a request. We're actually live right now on our Instagram, and we're taking requests on what we're talking about. And one of our followers, one of our little fans and followers, suggested that we talk about the future of the industry. She mentioned other things like pricing and things like that. But But I think think that that goes with the the future. Exactly. This is a great topic. You want to hear like my perfect future of the industry? Yeah. What is it? We said this on a couple episodes ago, but... The whole industry as a whole, like every single one of us in the whole entire world, all of us. You, you, and you. <laughs> you. We all raise our prices to a minimum, like at minimum, you have to be 100 an hour. Yes, $100 an hour, everybody in the entire world. Yeah. Don't go backwards. Don't go backwards, but everybody has to... Because the future is that the minimum a hairdresser should make is $100 an hour. And until we all make that a reality, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I think it's really important that we as hairdressers take on the role of changing how clients pay us. And if we all get on board together, it'll happen. We have to elevate this community together. We have to elevate this industry together. And if we don't start making changes, it's not going to happen. I think... Let's do some predictions. Let's see what's going to happen. When I say predictions, I'm not a fucking psychic. Okay, so let's just... I'm just like, ooh, my creative brain. Well, here's the well, number one. I think that commission is going to come back really strong, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the new wave of commission. If you haven't listened to our podcast about the new commission, go back a few episodes and listen to that. It's literally called the commission salon. New the new the, the, the new, new commission. commission salon, right? Well, just for those, go back and listen for details. But the new commission looks like this, right? Freedom in pricing, hourly pricing, no front desk. Gratuity free. Gratuity free. Freedom in scheduling. No products. No products. Streamlining products. Uh, 
affiliate links and unlimited sick time and, and vacation. vacation days mm-hmm. and mental health days. Ooh, I love that. Can you imagine just having a bad day and you're like, I'm not going to work today. Not coming in. It's sad that we have to imagine what that would be like. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about that, though, because all the saloners are getting triggered right now. They're like, well, what happens with the clients? Well, <laughs> because we give so much freedom, we also give so much re- personal responsibility. So it's really important for staff to understand. Yeah, I have to reschedule those guests because I am the sole communicator with my clients. Right. So they would be responsible if they had to take a mental health day of rescheduling. But I do think the future is commissioned salons because I don't think rental salons are sustainable for an individual. I think they're sustainable for people that own rental salons. But you can't rent a salon the rest of your life. Your body gives out. You need to grow your career in a bigger way. Every person I know that has a rental salon, their questions become, what's next for me? Yeah. Because this can't be it. Well, we were talking to someone not too long ago, but even as a booth rental salon owner, it's like you might have profit, and you might even create culture and your the team technically, because a lot of booth rental salons might not have like a team culture. I have seen booth rental salons where that is a thing. But as a salon owner, and if you look at a business, right, you're eventually capping yourself out because eventually you have to keep raising rent, which people aren't going to pay right. to make more money. So you have to decide like, do I want to make the same amount of money for the rest of my life and own this business? Or do I want to have something that is creating profit and growth for my team as well as myself. Yeah. The future being more commission is not the old version that we're all used to. It is a new structure, a new system. It's easier. It's streamlined. It's teamwork. It's culture in a way that hasn't been done before. And I think that that's why Destroy the Hairdresser was created. And then we set out to really help people get to that space, which is hard because every time I I mention like, They're like, well, I don't want to do commission because I don't want to manage staff. We don't want you to manage your staff either. That's why you get a manager. Your staff doesn't want to also be managed either. (laughs) And the manager manages the business, not the staff. (laughs) Yeah. There's like so many, there's so many simple solutions. I don't, this is right here. I don't want to own a commission salon because I used to work in a commission salon. We all did. Okay. (laughs) And it was horrible. Yeah. No shit. It was horrible. That's why Destroy the Hairdresser is trying to transform this concept because it is a pro- it was such a great model that was destroyed. Yeah. It was ruined and it created some of the wealthiest people in other industries make commission. Mm-hmm. There was abuse, not only like there was sexual abuse, mental abuse, gaslighting, manipulation, you know. You're talking about Hollywood? <laughs> no, just the commission salon down the street. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> That's it. Right. Hostage situations. Some of these old old concepts of holding on so tightly and not coming from a place of sharing actually ruined people's lives with the non-compete. And so that is something that as a coaching company, we're like, we're really trying to break that because we want everybody to make money. We want people to be profitable. And the fact that this kind of fear-based leadership is still out there, that's terrifying. When it comes to management, I think the future of that really is finding someone who can run your salon on the back end while you're still the face. I think people have to understand that they cannot do everything on their own. Yeah. Like bosses. I'm just learning that now. Yeah. You need a team. You need someone to help you with social media. You need an assistant. You need a manager. You need coaches. Like you need all these people in order for that to run. You need a team. So without all these people, it's not going to be successful. And I think people think there's this like weird mentality that we have of like 
oh, if I own this business, if the business is mine, I have to do everything because I have to build it. Yeah. And it's like no multi-billionaire is doing it. It's all doing by anything. Themselves. I mean, like, did you see Firefest? Yeah. <laughs> Firefest. Bad example. Bad, bad example. <laughs> but look what they created. I know. Nothing. <laughs> and I also think that the future is simple, transparent, streamlined. It's not about hiding how much you make or how much your team makes or how much you pay this person or how much you give that person or how much the owner makes versus the stylist. Like, I think total transparency. There have even been companies uh, out there that will put the amount that comes into the business live on their website. So you can actually see like every transaction oh, live. Yeah. I see that like when I've bought things, it's like so-and-so in Texas just bought this yes, for but even, $500. But even further, they have a page now where like every time someone buys something, it shows how much money the company's made in a year. Oh, wow. And it's just like, I mean, when you talk about total transparency, like it couldn't get more transparent. But people still want to invest in those exactly. businesses. Well, when you see that people are making money, you actually want to give them more money. Yeah. I don't it's know the this opposite. weird guilt we have with making money. Let's make money. There's right. plenty of it. And please spend money. That's how... That's yeah, don't hoard it. Spend it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's how the economy works, right? Even with like the stimulus checks that we get, you know, they're like, oh, it's going to go back into the economy. No, it's not. It's going to go right back to the government for taxes. It's going to pay rent. It's not going to go into the economy. No one went to buy new shoes with their $1,400. Maybe they did, but yeah. <laughs> most people paid bills and in New York, they didn't pay anything. But the point is... Paid one day of rent. Yeah, exactly. One day. <laughs> one day of rent. One day of rent. But that's kind of the point here is like, the future is making money without guilt. And the future is delegating without guilt. And the future is transparency without guilt. I have a lot of salons that are like, I'm afraid to buy a car, a new car, because I don't want my staff to think I make more money than them. First of all, I'm not going to work for someone who makes less money than me. Mm-hmm. Like they want to see you making more money. Yes, they may complain about it. That's what staff do. When we were for Aveda, we're like, yeah. oh, we're the teachers. They make more money. Than all, all. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just what you do. Yeah. Like, that's just. Also, how what go. if your team could make a lot of money too and also buy new cars? <laughs> just buy your team cars. Yeah. That's. If you're making that much money, <laughs> just buy team cars. <laughs> buy everyone a car. Or benefits team. or paid time off. You know, those yeah. things are all beneficial. Oh, that's definitely the future. Of yeah. The I think we really push our salons to have benefits. And when our salon owners, the owners of our salons <laughs> are able to really provide like the future for their employees by having 401ks or health benefits, dental, eye, you know, vision. Like those are huge because we as an industry do not have those normally. It right. is kind of taboo to have that. And I think that it's scary to think about, but once you actually look at the numbers and how it works, it becomes very doable. Can you imagine if you had paid time off as a commission hairdresser? Like unlimited vacation days, unlimited sick days, but you also could use some paid days too. Right. Or you could have health insurance. Yeah. Weird, right? You absolutely need What a bizarre concept. You know, the crazy thing that we do as hairdressers is that we think it's normal to work 14 days in a row to go on a three-day vacation (laughs) and then come back and work another 14 days in a row to make up for the three days that we took off. It doesn't make sense. No, it's too much. That's exhausting. I'd rather not go on the vacation. I'd rather not do anything. I'd rather not work. And the point too is if you're a salon owner who can't do these things yet, maybe you can't provide those things. It's not to feel guilty. It's about saying, listen, the goal here, team, is so that we can hit those million marks so we can provide you with those things. We're all in this together. It's not every individual's job to get us there, but 
that's what teamwork is about. Ugh, so that sounded so teamwork stupid. Makes the dream work. That I hated that, but it's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I hate it. There's no I in team. There's no I in team, but there is me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the future of this industry is going to come from a very emotionally intelligent, conscious place, and I think that we're a little behind in the wokeness because the world is transitioning into that awareness. But yeah. I think our industry is still lacking. And I, I think our industry doesn't have a lot of self-worth and it's very, it doesn't have confidence. Mm-mm. The things that are coming out of the hair industry Ugh. in the last year alone, the beautiful hair that's being done, hair is being done in a way that's never been done before. It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And we're like, can you give me $50? Yeah. No. You know, I said this uh, in something, I don't know, some social media platform recently. And I said that there was a time where our whole industry, we were artists. Mm-hmm. If you look at like the hairstylists who used to run around with the celebrities back in like the early 1900s, right? Or, you know, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, even the 70s. And we were considered artists. In the early, <laughs> in the early 1900s, during the last pandemic. <laughs> yeah. In the first... <laughs> global pandemic. But we used to be considered artists. And again, that goes into like businesses started changing and generations started changing. And then we went and now we're in a service industry and we need to kind of bring that like we're art. a sandwich shop. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> and so we took this huge, incredible value and skill and craft and we made it mainstream to a point of just we diluting it. it down. We ruined it. Yeah, we ruined it down. And, and and now we have to bring it back. And I think this is how we do it. We can still be service providers, even though I hate that term. We can be beauty technicians. Oh my God. Do you remember that? We can be... Beautician. We can be oper- beauty operators. Beauty that operator. Was, that's actually what's on our license, I think. Really? It's like beauty technician or beauty operator. Really looked at my license in detail. Yeah, I like, I got the, it. The future also might be no licenses. Yeah. That too, and doing more apprenticeship, which I mm-hmm. think there's so many schools out there that lack education so bad and are so behind in why are we paying for it? Social justice <laughs> and just social issues. And it's insane. I think, yeah, our schools are very culturally behind for sure. It doesn't teach business. It's like when you go to high school and don't learn about taxes, like we go to hair school and don't learn how to run the business. Right. Like there has to be an extension of that. I remember in. Middle school or high school, I can't remember. But I remember <laughs> learning how to balance a checkbook. I'm pretty sure that was like the extent of home economics mm-hmm. was like, this is how you balance a checkbook. And I'm like, that was a waste of everyone's time <laughs> uh, because I don't, Does I've never written even, a check in my life. <laughs> I get really upset when someone's like, can you, like our accountant the other day was like, can you send me a blank check? And I'm like, Carolina, I don't have any checks. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't own checks. I don't have a check. I don't have to write a check. Everything is done. Oh, Catalina Chu, we love Electronically, you. everything is done. It's insane. Some people are probably getting triggered from this. Like, I still write checks. I still balance my check. Well, it's a lost no, art. Don't. If they're listening to a podcast, they don't write checks. <laughs> it's a lost <laughs> art. And I am proud of you. Was there a time in history where everyone wrote the same cursive? Yeah. Maybe that's the future. We bring back cursive. <laughs> Something happened. Why did we stop doing? Where like, the schools stopped doing? Everyone wrote in cursive. My mom and it still was writes all, in cursive. It all looked the same. Like I guarantee, your mom and my grandma and our great grandparents all have the same cursive handwriting. Oh yeah, it's just and I can't read any of it. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell does it say? My grandmother, That's a G, is it? My mom? grandmother will send me like 
notes and letters and holidays and birthdays stuff. And like, it's all, it's all cursive and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can't read. I get like, Jesus loves you. Like, that's what I get. (laughs) My grandmother loves Jesus. I'm over here like celebrating Passover and she's like, Jesus loves you. But, (laughs) but it's just interesting. I think the future is white people knowing how to do Afro textured hair. Yeah. That's a big thing. I don't think the future is learning. I think what we're doing right now is learning Mm -hmm. about how to bring the white community and the black community together in the salon industry because we are extremely segregated. The church and the salon, the most segregated places (laughs) for black people and white people still to this day. And I think that right now we're learning, but the future is just, it's common knowledge how to deal with every textured type of hair, Afro textured hair, and the white community hopefully taking on the role of student in that arena. Yeah, I think that I think that ties back into just awareness. I think the future, when I say future, it's going to be in like five to 10 years. Like, I think it, there's just going to be more awareness and it's not going to be like woke and let's hurt people and let's rip people apart. I think it's going to be very like, Let's have communication. Let's talk. Let's be transparent. Let's share. Let's pull each other up. Let's work together. The future is middle parts. And baggy jeans. And baggy jeans. (laughs) Every Gen Z out there that is listening, I am going to have a really hard time with the jean thing because I'm short. You know why? I don't remember where I saw this video, but a millennial put it into perspective. And you're in the 90s part of the millennial Dad yeah, was born in 1990. And I was born in the 80s, 86. So I like the baggy jean idea. And I remember I used to have, like, when I was in school, I had baggy jeans and we had bell bottoms. Well, that's what I want to talk about. The reason why I think millennials are so, we're so off topic, but fuck it, right? It's our podcast. We <laughs> well, we're talking about we the future, but really we're talking about the past. Yeah. <laughs> Which everything is recycled. <laughs> but the reason why millennials don't want to give up their skinny jeans is because in middle school and even high school, we spent so much time wearing flared jeans mm-hmm. that would drag on the ground. Oh, and when you stepped in wet, a puddle, wet. they would the water would like go up to your knee and you'd just be walking around with gross, tethered, baggy, because it wasn't cool to like roll your pants up. And they oh, were so gross. So and then gross. it was you would wear your like airwalks or like oh when airwalks yeah. were really expensive. Do you remember that? And then they would tether at the end and you yep. just had these like jean snakes just like yep. slithering yep. behind you. Uh, it was Catherine so gross. Michael, she was one of the girls I went to school with. <laughs> I can just see her now. And it was cool. And then people would step on the back of yeah. the jean snake and then rip the jeans and then you'd have half a jean. <laughs> it was not cool. The jean snake. <laughs> I remember like Abercrombie jeans were so hot. I mean, if you were wearing Abercrombie mm-hmm. jeans, you were like hot shit. Um, and wearing like Abercrombie jeans and they were bell-bottomed out and they were cut up the side mm. and they would like slowly just keep yeah. tearing up the sides so that I would put like pins in them yeah, and like, make it punk cool. rock. And anyways, so yeah. So I'm going to have a hard time going back to the bagginess. I love a good Chino though. A Chino? <laughs> Where they're not like skinny jeans, I look just, ridiculous. Like, straight leg. Pants. And the future of hairdressing <laughs> is pants. That's what we're talking about. This is called ADD. This is called. These are real topics, okay? Yeah. In the salon that will that will be talking. <laughs> Your about. clients are going to bring this up. Everybody's on TikTok. Everybody's watching the internet. I really do. To take it back to the future, I really do think that we need to start working together. And I think that's the biggest problem with this industry right now is that. We spend more time destroying each other in really negative ways than actually trying to like give the benefit of the doubt or try to hear difference of opinions or 
look at another perspective just because we talk a lot about changing things like hourly pricing and commission salons. You yeah. don't have to agree with us. And I've also told but people we also don't have to hate each other. You know, in the future when hourly pricing is the norm, we'll have something else for you. The great thing about the pandemic <laughs> was we've been talking about hourly pricing since 2012. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden everyone's like, you know what we should do? We should do hourly <laughs> pricing. We should raise our prices. We double should charge booking. our worth. We should get rid of double booking. I'm like, it's like when your mom tells you to stop eating sugar and you yeah. don't listen and then your friend says it and you listen. That's what happened to us. Yep. That's what I feel like. Well, I think to the pandemic really took all of the things we were teaching and it just made them very clear. It amplified them. But yeah, I really, I really hope that double booking dies in the next couple of years Ugh. if it hasn't already. Isn't everybody exhausted? Everyone, like, you're double. If you are listening to this right now in your car, you're tired. I can feel you're tired. You. You're tired, boo. Like, it's okay. You don't, I said this the other day, I was like, I was part of the hustle culture and coach to it. You got to hustle. You got to do this. You got to, mm-hmm. right? I am guilty yeah, of product. it. I was part of it because that's all I knew. And when I finally opened my eyes to how toxic that was, I was just like, no, we're not hustling anymore. Everybody stop hustling. Just stop hustling. No more hustle. Let's work smarter. Let's charge more. No more girl boss. Let's create more value. No more hustle. Yeah. Just Trash complete it. boss ownership. And authenticity. authenticity, charging your worth, getting rid of double booking, getting rid of a la carte pricing, <laughs> um, no gratuity. No one should be living off of tips. No one should live off of tips. And other countries don't. I don't know why America can't get on it. Yeah, other countries don't. We like to make up our own rules. But I think tipping just kind of, it's getting kind of tacky. We're getting kind of... You know, there's nothing wrong with someone wanting to give you a gift. I don't think that the, the idea of tipping is wrong i think what creates it when we expect it and then it removes the whole generosity of it i think too when we have to live off our tips that's when it takes away what a tip means because but also you have a great relationship and then at the end it's like everyone just kind of like sitting there like twiddling their thumbs like you're just saying can you give me more money right than what i told you if you don't take a tip and that removes transparency (laughs) like if you don't take tips or you don't take gratuity which I hope there's more and more of you out there that are doing that now. We have said before, like, obviously, if someone wants to hand you more money, take it. But if people are just handing you money, you're probably not charging enough. Like, it's just basic math. If someone's like, I'm going to give you $100 more every time, then maybe you're charging $100 less than you should be. And Mm -hmm. it is possible. So the future is charging your worth at an hourly rate, removing gratuity, Emotional no more intel- benchmarking. No more benchmarking. Emotional Just intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Understanding profit and goals. Look at your goddamn numbers. No benchmarking, but look at your numbers. Be aware of that. Yeah. Know what's in your bank account. Transparency. Set a goal for how much you actually want to make and then figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. By getting a coach. Yes. And when someone says, how much do you make? And you say, I don't know. That's a problem. That's a problem. We're not going to do that anymore. The future is you always know because you're about that money. And you're growing. And you're growing. If you're constantly focusing on growth, then you know everything about your business. You know where it's faulting. You know what's coming in, what's going out. You know all of that. So you have to pay attention to that. So The future is the new commission salon. Please listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. It was one of our most popular. Yeah, it was really big. I love it. And it made a lot of people want to get a coach. And I think the future is real business coaching, getting someone on your team that can help you run this shit and make more money because owning a salon is hard. Owning being a business owner, hard, lonely, and everyone needs support. 
You can book a free discovery call with any of our coaches. We offer support for free. You can just talk to us, decide if this is something you want to do. And yeah, you can book that on destroythehairdresser.com. And if you want to know more about what we do and you want to hang out with us further than this podcast, you should hit us up on Clubhouse. Yep. We Clubhouse have shows every or day. Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. We have a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the team runs it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook? Yeah. Instagram. The future is no more Facebook. <laughs> Eventually. 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 But it's been great talking to you. I've lost my train of thought. We gotta go. We have really special guests this month, so stay tuned. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. But so we want people to feel like every day is that first day of hair school where you're like opening up you know your kit and like you're looking at your perm rods and you're so excited remember. that's not how I felt when I was looking at my perm rods perm rod, for, right? me. for well, me it was yeah. more of an anxiety <laughs> anxiety ridden feeling <laughs> but like when I got to play with the razor and the shears mm-hmm. and all that yes I know that I remember that feeling very well totally a, a way to recapture the excitement you know Oh,